Welcome to Lady Leadership, the podcast that celebrates and empowers women in leadership roles. I'm your host, Sam McIntyre. In each episode, we'll dive deep into the experiences, challenges and triumphs of extraordinary women who are making their mark in various industries. My mission is to amplify the voices of women leaders, to share their stories, insights and wisdom. By doing so, we can break down barriers, challenge stereotypes and pave the way for a more inclusive and diverse future. Hi everyone and welcome to the Lady Leadership Podcast. My name is Sam McIntyre and today with me I've got the wonderful guest Karen Stein. Now Karen is an International Coaching Federation professional certified coach with over 30 years experience including 23 years as a partner at Deloitte where she helps senior leaders attain their professional goals. Now Karen has just written a fabulous new book which I know everyone is going to love which is called Be Your Own Leadership coach self-coaching strategies to lead your way welcome to the show Karen thank you Sam lovely to be with you now I just I love the concept of your book and I I love it for two reasons one is you know sometimes we can't find people around us to help us or we maybe we can't afford a coach or there just isn't someone that we connect with around us at the time and so I love that your book you can buy your book and there's a whole bunch of strategies in there that you can actually use to coach yourself. Well, I'm glad to hear that. I, I mean, it really is about that. It is trying to help people, I guess, self-sustain and bring more equity to coaching because typically people are um, asked to have a coach or they go and source a coach themselves. But as as you said, not everyone can afford one mm. uh, and, and sometimes they're not always accessible and certainly they're not always with you in the moment when you need them. So if we can actually um, inform ourselves, better ourselves with adopting more strategies, learning more about how to self-coach, then it's going to enable us to be our best selves and help us in those moments when we don't have a coach sitting next to us. Yeah, that's so true. And, I, I mean, I've had people reach out to me at certain points um, in their careers saying, oh, you know, can you help me, et cetera. And I read in your book it's like having this in your backpack and being able yeah. to pull this out and refer and go, okay, well, this is what I could do in this situation or this is how I might work through. Because it is sometimes it is those those situations, isn't it? Yeah, and, and the reason I went for the backpack, for me, it's kind of comforting. If, if we can imagine when we're heading off to work, we put on our virtual backpacks each day and we know that loaded in those backpacks that are, are a whole range of strategies that we've learned through through the book or, or in addition to the book, then as the day goes, as things crop up, I can reach back into that backpack and pull out that strategy that might help me in that moment. And if that one's no good, I'll reach deeper and pull it up. And so by having that that virtual backpack, I can feel some sense of comfort that I've actually got access to resources and they're resources that I'll always have with me rather than thinking I have to wait until I speak to somebody else to get support and to explore an issue. And that that's really why I was looking at it in terms of, of how we can do it. And I thought it's also backpack is much more contemporary than talking about briefcases, you know, or toolkits. You know, people don't carry toolkits, they carry a backpack. Yeah, yeah, I I love that. I I think it's um it's really good, and it is in that moment when you need it as well, isn't it? Now you talk about in the book self twelve self coaching practices that are used yes. to you know that people just run me through. Maybe not all the twelve, but um yeah. let, let's you know touch on a couple of them. Sure. So the way that I was thinking about it when I wrote the book is in order to be your best self and and have a positive leadership impact that's enduring in your absence, which I think is critical, 
um, it's first that we need to focus on ourselves. So if we can lead as our best self and look after ourselves, we'll be much more enabled to lead others as our best self. And so the first seven practices are actually looking at how do I lead myself to be my best self? So how do I understand how I lead as, as you? Um, mm. What are your values? What are your strengths? What is your purpose that's really driving you to understand what matters to you and what's going to engage you and energize you in what you do? And once you can start to unpack your true north through reference to your values, you're much more able to then step through some of the other practices. How do I actually decide on my goals? How do I motivate myself? Because we all know we have times um, through what we do where our motivation waxes and wanes. So what do I need to do to uplift myself to continue to feel inspired and motivated to what I do? And then how do I manage myself in terms of my time and also my energy, all about well-being? And, and we all know everybody's busier and busier these days and, and we tend to neglect ourselves. So how do I actually bring attention to those and be mindful of how I manage those different issues? And that all comes from self-awareness. Mm. So if I can build out my self-awareness around all those practices, I'm much better able to focus on myself first, prioritise myself to lead as best as I can for me, and then I can start to have the ripple effect of my improved well-being is going to ripple to the people around me and I can start to focus how do I lead as my best self when I lead others. That's when I tap into things like my listening skills, my communication skills, and my most favourite is leading with kindness. How do I actually lead from the heart and also ensure that I'm treating people as people and, and connecting with them and leading with them? I love that. And I remember a few years ago I was leading a team and um, I was talking about resources and one of the uh, guys in front of me, a gentleman in front of me, kid, sort of he'd come in to do some consulting work and he was like, who? And I'm like, resources. And he's like, who? And I'm like, resources. It took me a couple of times. And, and <laughs> they are just people, aren't they? And, you know, most critical asset and um I think often it's it's overlooked just what you how like I think it really you know the longer we sort of have in our leadership our own leadership journey the more you realize um you know everything is dependent on people and oh, absolutely yeah yeah I mean the relationships we build the communication we have the challenges that we work through together, the collaboration, it's all related to people. And so if we can treat people so that they feel that they're of value and they're significant and, and worthy in what they do and they're noticed, which is really important, the connectivity, the connection you have with them is going to amplify all of those. So you'll have improved collaboration, improved communication, there'll be less conflict, there'll be much higher levels of engagement and motivation and optimism. And the, the thing that really I love about it is it means everybody's well-being is improved. And why would we want a world where we're participating in our work every day, where we're watching people's well-being drop? We really want to be able to try and have a leadership impact, which, as I said, is enduring in your absence. It remains when you've left the room, which has allowed people to feel engaged and inspired and motivated. And if you're attentive to yourself as a leader and lead as your best self, it's much more likely to happen. Mm, beautiful. I love it. How, now tell me a little bit about how, what, why this was important to you, this topic. Well, years ago, um, I was provided with a coach. I was um, moving towards an executive role and I was I was provided a coach on a leadership program. It was my first uh, opportunity to, to, I guess, look into what coaching was about. I didn't really understand the difference between coaching and mentoring. And once I understood it, I loved it. I thought this was absolutely fabulous. You want to just explain that then for the listeners? Just dig yeah. in a bit, yeah. 
Yeah, sure. There can often be a blurring between the two people, sometimes name themselves, I'm your coach, I'm your mentor, but really there is a difference in in what they're offering for you. So a mentor is somebody that you'd go to because of their lived experience or their professional experience. You'd be uh, reaching out to them to seek their advice, to learn from them as to how they might tackle an issue or a problem. Mm -hmm. And so you can listen to suggestions from them as to how you might go off and do that. And that can be really informative to bring up different ways of doing things or maybe they'll open you up to networks that you hadn't thought about or didn't know of. They might do some introductions and so on to their networks. They're really telling you what to do and that's the the important word, telling. Mm. Coach is very different. A coach is creating an environment for you where they're exploring and helping you discover what you um, might be able to do in response to where you're headed, in response to your goals, in response to perhaps some problems that you have. And by holding a a space for you free of judgment where they can help you through asking you questions and bringing things to your attention about what they're noticing of you, so really acting as a reflective frame where they can help you build out your perspective of you so you become more informed about your behaviours, your emotions and your cognitions, you then become better informed to make choices which you own and you decide upon. So as a coach, I won't tell you what to do, but I'll help create a frame, co-create a frame for you where you can start to grow and build yourself and learn more through that process. And it's quite different to being told through mentoring as opposed to growing through coaching, quite quite different um, elements of, of what we're doing in growth and development. So I was given a coach, loved the process. Yeah. Um, and, and so I explored, well, what could I do around this? Because I had studied in my early years, I'd gone to university, I'd studied economics and law. I had planned to practice in family law. I fell into the field of tax by complete accident. I'd gone for a job interview. There was no seek.com at the time. And I'd plucked an ad off a notice board at the College of Law, rocked yep. up at the interview and discovered they weren't a law firm at all. They were a small boutique tax organisation and they specialised in a very specialised area of tax. They offered me a job and I figured I'd stay for six months and then get a real job, but I stayed for seven years and I loved it. And so that's how I fell into my first career of being um, a a tax advisor against research and development incentives. Which has been very helpful, I'm sure, in your whole career. Extremely helpful and interesting. And I was working with purposeful people who were really passionate about building and creating new and improved products and processes for Australia. And I was helping them seek additional funding from government for that. So It was very purposeful work. I loved it. Mm. But it wasn't family law and it wasn't about helping individuals. So when I started to have coaching myself, I started to twig that as I was getting closer to what I call my halfway point, I was getting closer to 50 and I'm determined to live to 100, you know, health health going well, I realised that R&D tax wasn't going to be purposeful enough for me for Chapter 2. I reflected on how I wanted to help people and I thought the coaching would be something that I potentially could do. So this is how I started to explore the field of coaching. I did realise, though, that coaching isn't available to everybody. And so in coming to back to why I wrote the book, as I trained to become a coach, I went and studied a Master's of Science in Coaching Psychology. I, I became accredited as a professional coach and I started coaching close to a decade ago now. Um, I realised that it was just often moments in time when you would coach people, you know, the beneficiaries of a coach perhaps on a, on a coaching program or somebody who was able to afford a coach in the moment or maybe somebody who was on a scholarship who could receive a coach through a, a not-for-profit program, but not everyone could access it. And I wanted to increase the equity of access to coaching strategies to more people. 
And I thought the more that I could do that through perhaps writing a book, the more that people could learn the art of self-coaching, learn how to support themselves so they could improve their ability to explore and discover ways of solving problems and learning more about themselves so they could increase their self-awareness, their leadership impact, and and how they engage in what they're wanting to do. So that's really where the book came from. Long story, (laughs) but but got you to to the why. Yeah, no, I I think that's... um... It's like I, th- I think particularly so, you know, this is a podcast for women. I think particularly women, you know, we're, we're not at gender parity and so mm-hmm. often our confidence has taken a bit of a hit or we've been yeah. told that maybe we can't or our voice, we're not visible enough. And so really I think, you know, like you said, having that backpack, being able to dip into that, being able to then, you know, use those methodologies um, or principles in the book and then help you kind of move past it. Because at the end of the day, it is up to you, isn't it, really? Yeah, yeah. I think I think we become, uh, it allows us to become much more intentional and mindful of who we want to be and where we want to go. And so by having those strategies, um, rather than just thinking, I don't know how, it's actually arming you with ways of, of progressing. And it might not be that you have the actual answer to a technical issue or how to get that promotion, but you're learning skills to advance yourself in terms of building out your self-confidence to build a relationship with someone else to perhaps seek some support from them, which might lend itself to a promotion in, in you know years or months to come. Mm. So I think that that's really what it's um, really aiming to do is to arm more people with, with different strategies so that they can feel more equipped to deal with the day-to-day, deal with work, deal with life, and the strategies go across both um, and, and try and engage in a really positive way. Um, Karen, in your career then, you know, what are some of the self-doubt or situations that you've had to overcome or perhaps like imposter syndrome or lessons that you've learned from those situations? Uh, there's plenty. <laughs> I'd be lying if I said no. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think the most recent one for me is actually around the book. Um, yeah. It's, yeah. It, I went I went through um, a lot of self-doubt, a lot of the imposter syndrome. You know, if I write this book, will people, will they read it? Will they think that I was serious enough? Is it is it going to be evidence-based enough? Um, will they feel that it's lightweight? Will they feel it's too heavy? Am I good enough? And so a lot of self-doubt was going through that. And then I'd have moments where I'd think, no, I've got this. And so it was really about um, drawing on my strengths and and really coming back to my purpose. So if I could come back to why I was doing what I was doing and why I felt I could make a difference and why I felt I would matter in writing this book, it would support me much more to move through that imposter syndrome because then I could reach out to my strengths to say, well, I have a love of learning. I I like to communicate. I enjoy writing. I like to engage with people and I love to help people. Mm. And so if if I can draw on those strengths and bring that through to a book, then there should be no reason why the imposter syndrome needs to stop me from doing that. It does take a moment to stop and notice because you hear those loud voices (laughs) and they can get very loud and they can get in the way of progress. And so it's about actually calling them out and and, and noting, telling the voice, I hear you, but I'm going to make a different choice. I'm not going to listen to you. I'm not going to hold myself back because you think there might be an issue. I'm going to come back to the facts of what's truth. What's my truth? And by coming back to my truth and understanding my experience, my strengths, the relationships I had that I could call on. And I had a beautiful community that I was involved in um, of authors and I had a wonderful coach in in Kelly Irving who was um, an expert author academy coach. And so I had people I could reference and talk to 
leaning into that was really helpful in moving through the imposter syndrome. And so that's what I'd be suggestive of people if they are experiencing that is thinking about who's around them that can also be of support. So how do you support yourself? But how do you also reach out to others to gain support and, and have allow yourself that vulnerability to say, mm, maybe I'm feeling a little uneasy today. I wouldn't mind talking about it and seeking some advice and support. How would you tackle this? Yeah, look, I, I love all of that. And I, I think that's really helpful to the audience, right? Because we've just heard your list of credentials. We've just heard partner at Deloitte, you know, you, you've got a law degree, you've studied coaching, you've got, um, you're very experienced and yet you still had self-doubt when mm-hmm. you share all that experience for a really good purpose with with everyone. And everyone would be like, gosh, she's crazy. Do you know what I mean? Why would she Why would she do that? But it's just what we do. Absolutely. It's, it's what we do. Um, you know, and it happens in lots of situations. It could be that everything's going swimmingly and then suddenly something just nips you and you think, where did that come from? You know, um, I remember for years I used to do lots of presentations and then all of a sudden I had this voice telling me that I was, you know, I was going to fail and people would be um, disinterested and I wasn't presenting well. And and so I found myself getting really, really nervous as I was presenting to to groups of people. It took a while to work through it, but I had to notice it to realise what was happening. And it's just something that sometimes uh, uh, these these voices can can uh, I guess take us to a place where we hadn't expected to go. But it is actually stopping and reinforcing ourselves um, with what we with who we are and, and what we actually. Have. Yeah, I'd love the bit about reconnecting with your purpose and re- reconnecting mm. with why that you wanted to actually write the book. Um, Talk to me a little bit then just about how you've built, you know, networks around yourself. So you've been, you know, very experienced, yeah. worked at Deloitte, et cetera. Um, how has that worked for you? It's It's been um, mixed, to be fair. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, when I started my career, um, I didn't really know what to do. I didn't really understand what networking was all about. I thought everybody would just talk to everybody and, you know, get on with it. But I soon found that it didn't quite work that way. Perhaps it was a bit of naivety and and hope that, you know, just good-heartedness people would connect and it would all work out. So it took me some time to understand um, how to do it and, again, came back to purpose and understanding how I would actually share with people what I stood for. And once you can actually start to tell your story in a way that connects with people, it's much easier for them to understand how could we connect. So I think sometimes we miss that. We just assume we'll walk into a room, we should all just be able to network and connect. But if I don't know what you're about and you can't tell me in a really short, succinct way, it's harder for me to map out how could we actually team together or what might we have that's of interest to each other or who could I introduce you to or otherwise. So actually coming back to understanding more of yourself, coming back to that true north, what do I stand for? What matters to me? What's the large problem that I'm trying to solve for? And why do I matter in solving that problem? And being able to talk to that, that really helps you engage with other people and have a memorable conversation where there's something that is of interest to others. And if not of high interest, at least they know what you stand for. So it took me some time to do that. The thing that really helped me the most, strangely enough, was COVID. And so I used to spend a tremendous amount of time traveling in my career um, domestically. So I'd be um, interstate most months, um, coaching my clients in different states and so forth. And before I was a coach, I had clients all over Australia that I'd be visiting. So a lot of time traveling, which didn't allow me a lot of time to attend external networking functions. And I've got a, a family um, who, who I love dearly and I wanted to spend time with them. So I had to make choices, very, very um, 
yeah, very serious choices as to how I use my time. Absolutely. You can't do everything. Couldn't do everything. Yeah. So I didn't participate in a lot of networking because of, of that very fact. When COVID came, wow, suddenly I could attend things. And yeah. what I discovered was there were these wonderful communities of people who were running webinars that were allowing for participation. They were looking for speakers. They were looking for um, breakout groups where we could talk and get to know each other. And people were really giving. People wanted to connect. And I absolutely took to it. And I found the best way for me to connect. This was a period when I was really focused on, on building out my coaching network was to contribute yeah. and, and oh. actually challenge myself to say, well, why don't I try and participate more? Why don't I just have a goal that in this particular webinar, maybe I'll just make a few comments and yeah. see how that feels. Yeah. And then I started to think, well, that was okay. Okay, why don't I why don't I in the breakout groups maybe lead some of the conversation a little more if not if it's not if it hasn't started? Or maybe why don't I bring back and, and um after the breakout groups share it with the larger plenary and take the lead? So I started to practice getting much more comfortable with hearing my voice with people in a different way. And and now I'm completely comfortable with it and I thrive on it and I, I love it. But I've also made some incredible friends um in the coaching community through doing so and had some wonderful opportunities as a result of that. So I'd suggest to people is, is lean in as best you can. Yes. Allow yourself time to, to test, you know, to, to think about whether it's attending an in-person event or, or doing it online. Allow yourself time where you're actually not putting too much pressure on yourself. And so you're going in there with a, a mindset of curiosity, positivity, of hope. You know it's a finite amount of time, so you don't have to freak out about, oh, my gosh, this is going to change my life. No one's going to remember whether you spoke or didn't. You're the one who will remember. So try and, and see what you can do so that you get to a point of increasing your comfort and building out those networks. And then once you've done that, then it just comes with ease because you've formed the relationships. You'll start supporting other people. They'll start supporting you and you'll find that you've advanced with your network um, without too much hard work. Perfect. So nice. And I, I, you, you know, it's just practice, isn't it, really? Is practice is yeah. there is really everyone's different too in how you communicate. So, so some people are really extroverted, go and they love it, they thrive on it. You know, they can walk the room and feel at ease. Other people are really introverted, they're overwhelmed, they're um, you know feeling very anxious. I'm probably midway. Sometimes I feel a bit shy. Sometimes I feel I can go for it and 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 have a bit of a song and dance. Um, but it's actually noticing yourself before you go in. Yeah, and how you how you feel, how you, feel. How you show how you feel. up. Yeah. yeah. Hey, show up. What's your intention for that event or for that webinar or otherwise? Yeah. So if my intention is to go there and just to support someone else who might be doing something, that's a reasonably easy intention to make. But if it's also to build some relationships, to get to know other people, to learn some things, perhaps about a particular industry group or a particular issue, what can I do to better arm myself? Who can I maybe ask questions of and be curious and build my perspective so that I'm growing as well as making a relationship. So I think notice yourself, set your intention, and then when you leave, ask yourself a question. And that question is, what did I learn today? Beautiful. If I haven't learned anything, I haven't really participated, I haven't really been connected, I've been distracted, yeah. maybe I was on my phone pretending I'm really, really busy and important. <laughs> you see people do that all the time. You know, you see people in networking events and everyone's, on their phones looking at messages coming in and I'm thinking, well, why, why are you here? Yeah, exactly. I really loved a couple of things you said there. So I love the, the, the sort of the hook in terms of, you know, telling people who you are and what you do or what you don't do 
and to get that hook and that connection with someone. And then I love the bit around going to events, you know, un- like why are you going, what, what do you want to get out of it, that that practice piece. I remember years ago because I probably sit in the same space as you, you know, sometimes I can be a bit, I'm a Gemini, so sometimes I can be a bit extra- yeah. Gemini as well, beautiful. Yeah. yeah, so sometimes we're more extroverted, sometimes we're more introverted. And um, I used to, when I started networking, I'd take a friend um, because I didn't want to be somewhere by myself. And now I've actually figured out that I'm actually just better to go m- myself because then I, then I won't spend my whole time talking to that friend. Yeah. I'll actually put myself out there a bit more and meet new people and network, etc. So yeah, yeah. And it's also being cautious that when you're introducing yourself, you're not giving a resume. Yes, exactly. It- it's yeah. just it's just more of a soundbite of you know who I am and, and and what I'm passionate about or you know even even a little story of wow I've just written a book I'm really excited that it's now a part of my life and it's it's on this and and this is really what I've been keeping this is what I've been doing lately this is who I am kind of thing and think, people oh, like a little soundbite sorry yeah and I think but also just walking up to someone and introducing yourself and then asking them why they're there oh, yes. and then they'll set off on whatever reason they are and then you can add in what the reason why you're there and what you wanted to get out of it. Like you can just say to someone, oh, what are you wanting to get out of this event or what are you yeah. looking forward to seeing? Like just arm yourself with a couple of questions that you yeah. can actually, uh, you know, walk up to someone who's stood there by themselves, you know, yeah. a cup of tea or whatever. Um, um, and remember, you're not you're not a reporter. You're not there, <laughs> you know, popping questions at them as a journalist might. You're there to have a dialogue and a conversation. Yeah, so great. you want to show that you're listening. You want to... Um, demonstrate curiosity and understanding you want to demonstrate your listening skills you want to be patient and also give them some space to actually also share because sometimes we can be in a situation where we're nervous so we just talk 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 slow yourself down and, and also ask questions so you're giving space to learn more about them and that comes back to that learning goal what did I learn today who did I learn about or who have I met those kind of questions can really help you and I think also just silence. You can have silence. <laughs> like and being yes. okay with silence yes. as well. Learning to be okay with silence. Yeah. And and also the people you're speaking to might feel exactly as you feel. Yeah. You know, we, we tend to think everybody's got this under control. I'm the only one who feels awkward. But I can assure you in that room, there's many people who are feeling just like like you and me. Yeah. Perfect. Um, Karen, what's the best way for people to get in contact with you? Uh, I'm active on LinkedIn, so they could just look me up on LinkedIn. I also have um, a website for my book called karenstainecoaching.com and they're able to contact me through that as well. Thank you so much for being on the show. I absolutely love the conversation. I think it's a really great resource for for people who are wanting to progress their careers, want a bit of extra support um, from someone who's been there and done it. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Can I show you a picture of it for those who might be watching? That's the book. So if they're wanting to get it, it's available um, in all good bookstores and online, Amazon and, and Booktopia locally and globally the same at uh, Amazon. Lovely. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Hope you enjoyed the show. I would love for you to hit subscribe and leave a review and that will allow the show to be circulated more broadly and share more inspiring women's stories. If you'd like to work with me, if you'd like some help with your leadership and your development, then check out my website www.leadership.com. 
you can book in there for a career review. We can talk about your goals. We can talk about your aspirations and we can talk about what you want to achieve in your career. And um, I can help you get there. Hope you have a great day. Cheers.